0: Every single living president, even your favorite ones, need to be in prison for life.
1: You're kidding me. You're the one who should be in jail. You mean even Obama? Even, even Obama. Obama. You, you know, his dad is from Kenya, and I'm from Kenya, too, so I don't <laughs> <laughs> want him to <with> pay <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but truthfully speaking, what are you smoking, guys? You guys are crazy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a little.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. But, <laughs> you got to be crazy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you guys are going to vote for Trump, though. Nah.
3: nah we don't vote. For life That's our vote. You
1: don't vote. No vote. What's good, folks? I'm Prince Nesta, and welcome to another special episode of Discover America with Prince Nesta. I'm actually joined by people who consider themselves as anarchists or revolutionists for that matter, and I'm going to be trying to find more about anarchism in the United States. Well, to protect their identity, they're actually going to be using pseudonyms, so grab yourself a glass of wine, sit back, relax, and enjoy, and welcome. I'm Prince Nesta on Discover America with Prince Nestor.
4: Emma Goldman, the famous anarchist leader, has returned to the United States after an exile of 15 years.
3: I'm delighted to be back in the United States, my hunting ground of 35 years. The country where I had my
0: innings in the social and economic struggle and where I decided to devote myself
1: to the presentation of anarchism, a social philosophy which aims at the emancipation, economic, social, political, and spiritual of the human race. Well, that's Emma Goldman, an anarchist political activist and writer who continues to play a pivotal role as far as the development of the anarchist philosophy is concerned. And that clip is taken from the documentary Anarchism in America, released in 1983 by Pacific Street Films. And back to my guests, I'm so honored to have you guys in studio right now. Yeah. Likewise, likewise, happy to be <laughs> here. To be here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, let's start with their names. What's your name? This is right here. And Emilio. And Emma. Let me start with you, Bancho. Why do you identify yourself as an anarchist? I think it's
3: natural as a native to identify as an anarchist because uh, we're sovereign and we're taking it back to our traditional native ways. Historically, our native people have always lived anarchists in a lot of ways. No masters, no control. I'm native Mexican and... um, it's natural to not identify with these borders and not identify with no masters or no order, no laws.
1: Yeah. Let me get to you, Emilio. Please help me understand, why do you identify yourself as an anarchist?
2: All right, definitely. Um, I'd say that identify as an anarchist because I believe that every person should have the right to decide how they live their lives. Yeah. Decide what decisions they make and not be ruled by either the rich or a government or any organization that tries to direct our lives for us. I think that there's nothing weird or strange about this, that this is really returning to what humans feel is natural and
1: all feel inside. Well, back to you, Emma. So please help me understand why do you identify yourself as an anarchist? Sure. Anarchism
0: first came to me, I guess, uh, you know, junior high school, seeing other youngsters growing up in... Uh, planet Earth, uh, to, um, drawing little anarchy symbols, and not really knowing exactly what it was, but knowing that it was against the status quo and against the system. But uh, as I grew up, it came to the uh, information that um, one of the main tenets of anarchy is, um, you know, self-governance, and uh, and one of the other main tenets is about breaking down hierarchy. So growing up in a society where you have you know people ruling your whole life matter of fact we think it's a democracy but we we uh elect a dictator every four years to tell us exactly what to do which is strange and like antithetical to what democracy i guess the idea of democracy would be so growing up with all those paradoxes like kind of has you looking and and searching for some deeper truth even as a kid it seemed like a You know, anarchy had some deeper truth to it.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, help me understand this. What is anarchism? What is anarchy? Really, it's the idea
2: that society can be governed by a strong community of mutual aid, where no one is on top of each other, where there's no hierarchy, but we're actually all living and doing things that make sense for the community because right now the society we live in every part of society is dictated by what's best for the rich what's beneficial for them and what's profitable for them
1: yeah
2: we don't agree with that we don't see why the world should be destroyed for them yeah. to profit while the rest of us are going to live in a more toxic planet and eventually have nothing we think that the earth and society is at a point where we should really have it directed for all human benefit not yeah. just a couple
3: i think uh breaking down the hierarchies and the ruling class and giving the power back to the everyday worker to the to the poor uh um because of this ruling class because of the society now we got things like racism uh classism you know and sexism sexist oppression so this is a good way to break down these
1: ideas Yeah, is that the way you guys were raised? (laughs) Do your parents agree with whatever you do today? Um, My family supports me,
3: but that's that's not how I was raised, and that's why I had to break the rules, and uh, um, uh, break the authority. And that's another thing about anarchism: breaking that uh, uh, authority, you know, against all authority. Like we, we need human rights. You know, a lot of people are trying to bring us down. Breaking the chain of
0: oppression, breaking the cycle of oppression is everything. So, yeah, I know most of us grew up in a, in a
1: pretty, uh, you know, effed up manner. I'm sure you guys were rebel kids or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah.
5: So let me take this opportunity to define for you simply and straightforwardly what democratic socialism means to me. It means building on what Franklin Delano Roosevelt said when he fought for guaranteed economic rights for all Americans. And it builds on what Martin Luther King Jr. said in 1968 when he stated, and I quote, this country has socialism for the rich, and rugged individualism for the poor." And of quote. <laughs> must reform a political system which is corrupt, that we must create an economy that works for all, not just the very wealthy.
1: that's the firebrand vermont senator bernie sanders defining his vision of democratic socialism well i want to ask you guys what's the difference between anarchism and socialism
2: with socialism uh, generally you do still have some kind of dictator or head to the organization and in our opinion that just turns into something worse where you're just giving complete state control to a few people uh, socialism is more the idea that says that people aren't capable of governing themselves and still need a ruler on top of them. But we do agree the sense that all resources should be redistributed to the society, and key industries should be nationalized.
1: Give me an example of a society that anarchism has worked. Okay,
0: well here's one example. All prior to uh, recorded history, Yeah. you know, the history that they basically erased.
1: Yeah, which history is that?
0: It's all basically hidden history.
1: How do you know that there's a history that is rest and is hidden?
0: Like, when you look at what modern-day colonialism is, it basically goes in and strips all the knowledge from the uh, existing land base and the people there. So, it, you know, uh, knowing that that's what modern-day colonialism is and, you know, from the roots of America, all colonialism... You know, it seems like that's their standard practice is to erase all history. So if they are telling us that history started in 1492 or uh, uh, 1 BC or, uh, you know, 1 AD, uh, whatever the time is, then that we know that there was something that happened before then that they erased. Yeah. And I can see it happening right now in Palestine. You can see it happening right now in... Chiapas Mexico
3: with the Zapatistas
2: trying to make it happen in Venezuela yeah yeah, uh, definitely like um, Pancho just said uh, Chiapas Mexico right now is governed by what's called the EZLN or the Ejercito Zapatista of National Liberation and right now that's definitely a governing anarchist community society has not broken down there, there's no chaos it's not the way people paint anarchy to be it's actually functioning they've managed to keep the Mexican army out of Chiapas since 1992 they have a functioning economy, they have roads that are working and they defend themselves. And then aside from that, a newer one would be the Rohivia in Kurdistan. Currently there's anarchist communities there that are successfully defending themselves against the Syrian state and ISIS. Every single day of my
0: life though, I will say, seems like it's a, an anarchist uh, you know, life where you don't have the state, you know, sitting there controlling everything you do or even having to say so or even a presence. Um, so. Just being alive, think of how many times you do you need the state to intervene in your life. I mean for me it's pretty much never and uh, oh except if they force you to get a business license or any of this other stuff you know that you kind of ha- it's hard to get away from. Um, but I think everybody that doesn't have a state in their life is literally living in anarchy all the time. So
3: there's plenty of examples of functioning people yeah and also historically, our native peoples, not everybody, but a lot of native peoples, not just in America, but everywhere else in the world, has historically has lived without a government, without paying taxes, without buying land. And this is why I say uh, 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 the best thing about this is going back to our traditional ways because well, it's just a trap. This is a capitalist trap that's keeping us all poor, and it's just it's worse nowadays.
1: So in your houses, I believe you guys have families. Do you guys like? Is there anarchy? You practice this in your own families, in your own houses? Anarchy? Yeah, mutual aid. Oh, yes.
3: Yes, um,
0: very much. Mutual there's no aid. control
1: even among your children. I mean, you know, teaching them the ways, and you know, there's no control.
0: It's a sharing. Uh, no, it's not. It's not control. You let letting go of control is the beginning of you know love
2: and anarchy and freedom. Yeah, like, it's not to say that obviously if our kids are trying to touch fire or something hot, we're not going to help them or stop that, but we're not going to fret over small things of trying to control the way they dress or the music they like or what they're trying to get into because we're not interested in creating little molds of ourselves. We're, We're trying to make human beings actual individuals.
4: You had a number of the courageous students of all colors at the University of Virginia who were protesting against the neo-fascists themselves. The neo-fascists had their own ammunition. And this is very important to keep in mind, because the police, for the most part, pulled back. Uh, the next day, for example, although the 20 of us who were standing, many of them clergy, uh, we would have been crushed like cockroaches if it were not for the anarchists and the anti-fascists who approached over 300 350 anti-fascists we just had 20 and we sing in this little light of mine you know what i mean because they saved our lives actually we would have been completely uh, crushed and and i'll never forget that
1: that's dr Cornell west an american philosopher political activist social critic and public intellectual describing how anarchist and anti-fascist movements saved his life together with others during the violence that erupted in Charlottesville, Virginia. Well, I to ask you, how different are you from Antifa?
3: Well, I mean, uh, I, I'm anti-fascist, but um, uh, I mean, I think, they, I think the media has done a lot to demonize, to, to demonize Antifa. and You know. believe
1: in their cause? Hell yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I'm anti-fascist to the fullest. So, yeah, we got to fight Nazis we got to fight fascism. Fascism is a
2: threat to democracy. We show up with
1: masks and ready for war. Sure. Because we that are in a like war. A Whether or
2: not shit. you want to admit it, we are in a war. We have been in a war since settlers landed on this continent in the 1400s. It's never going to end until we are not oppressed.
3: And, and the other thing I want to say is uh, everyone always wants to switch to violence on anarchists and all this. And uh, let me remind everybody, uh, poverty is violence bombs are violent Wars we're not out here in big numbers war. We're out here defending our communities from from hate, from Nazis, from right wing police. All these movements started as a,
0: as self-defense movements. you know uh, they didn't start as violent movements uh, antifa, black bloc. Uh, name your radical Black Panthers. they never they never nuked nobody. They never invaded a country.
2: Never overthrew a government. You know? know?
0: No, these movements started to defend themselves against... The state. The state that is
2: doing that to everybody. And that's America. And we will not criticize those people or look down on them. We're not those liberals who will sit here and say, don't be violent. Peace. No. No. That's what the state wants you to do. The state wants you to be passive. The state wants you to just lie down. The state wants you to do prayer circles instead of actually resisting.
0: Yeah, they'll put a bullet in your head. They killed...
2: Malcolm X advocated self-defense. Malcolm X advocated violence. And I, I do actually look at Malcolm X as definitely a role model.
1: So you guys are not scared at all? I mean We're already oh. dead you gotta be fearless We're already
2: dead Yeah, yeah. So
1: we live in it Every
0: day Like it's Like you know every, Everything counts Everything matters You say what you meant to say You live Your fullest With your moral compass on point And, uh, and you
1: speak truth to power So you're trying to say If you know the truth You're dead You're dead meat If no. you
2: are resisting the state And don't want to live Under the state The way things are currently In a lot of ways Yeah You're already dead You have to accept that To be effective in this movement
3: yeah, if, if you, like uh, Huey P. said, if you're a revolutionary, you're already doomed.
1: Yeah. Some people would argue that if you can't beat them, join them. If you're fed up with the system, why don't you buy an island somewhere and go and live there and establish your own anarchism?
0: We were here before they got here, you know?
1: Um,
0: so is I wish it was that simple. No, uh, you know, we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. You know, so this is our land. We're the first people.
3: Yeah, and, uh, uh, um, and we have to take account that um, our ancestors uh, uh, struggled and they fought and we can't, we can't just leave. We have to stay here and we have to, this is where our people live. We have to stay here and fight. We have to stay here and organize. We ain't got no we, way We out. have no other, no other place to go.
0: And we can honor our ancestors by, by, by not, you know, by doing the right thing. Not kneeling to
1: the system, even if it means our lives. But you guys are going to vote for Trump, though.
3: Nah. <laughs> nah,
1: we don't vote. Oh, for yeah, life that's our vote. You nah. don't vote? No vote, no. Well, then we that's don't. the problem, probably, according <laughs> to some people. <laughs> Is it the problem? Some people, <laughs> really? according to some people, you right, might be, no. you know.
3: Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people think you got to vote every four years. That's your civil responsibility. I think yeah. uh, what you do 24-7 is what will lead our people to liberation. So getting involved in your local revolutionary organization, getting involved anywhere with your political struggle or your local political struggle. Shut shit down. Yeah, tear shit up.
2: (laughs) Really refuse to participate in this system any way you can.
4: Mr. Speaker, when lawless drug dealers, child molesters, wife beaters, robbers, bandits and other street terrorists threaten our communities, peace officers are always the first ones to track them down. Peace officers are the last strand of wire in the fence between good and evil. These men and women put themselves in danger every day in order to protect us and our families. Some put on the uniform and badge and do not return home after their shift there had been an alarming 75% increase in police officer deaths since 2008. 2011 was the first time more officers died at the hands of street thugs than in car crashes. In many instances the killers were repeat offenders who shouldn't have been roaming the streets in the first place. As we approach Peace Officers Memorial Day in May we have to support these and those that protect the home front. They are what separate us From the outlaws and the anarchy of the lawless. And that's just the way it is.
1: That's former Texas Congressman Ted Poe, boldly expressing his belief on following the rule of law. I'd like to ask you guys, there's some people who dismiss anarchism as lawlessness. What would you like to say about this?
2: I think, honestly, that that's a myth. The idea that, like, anarchy means that there has to be inherent lawlessness and violence, where it's like this Mad Max world where people are just running around taking whatever they want, doing whatever they want. With an anarchist system to work, we have to have something that we don't have a lot of in America anymore, which is strong communities. This means knowing your neighbor. This means having bonds with the people that you live with and work with. Historically, how many societies lived that way and didn't have serial killers, didn't have mass shooters, didn't have the problems that the United States has now? I'd argue that a lot of those are a result of people feeling so disconnected from the people that they live with. So my answer to this is like no a society that is an anarchist community would not have lawlessness it would not be violent there would still be order in the sense that we all need to function to take care of one another and anyone who didn't want to be inside of that order would immediately fail because they're not able to communicate and work with the other people around them
1: yeah and Bancho mentioned this I mean even the natives they had kings you know they had a certain order
3: I, I get it and, and, but, but for the Americas there were kings and, and, and empires, but that wasn't all of the Americas and all of the Native peoples. A lot of Native peoples were actually sovereign. But uh, I believe that uh, we, we don't need laws. We don't need police. Uh, um, what, what we do need is uh, to help one another out, and we have to have principles. So obviously not killing and murdering and raping. And I, I believe that a strong community, you wouldn't have this. But you would have to. It, to each community would have to solve its own problems between each other. Oh,
1: by a set of guidelines.
3: A sort of guidelines, yes, but not not
2: any laws. Not where one is in charge of anyone, and there's these arbitrary laws that just get applied to every situation. It's up to the community to decide what to do in every specific situation. Because like, when we think of the state, there's a judge, there's a courthouse, and there's a set of laws. Every situation that comes ahead of that judge, the judge has to look at these laws and at precedents and make decisions that way. We, at least living in that kind of society, see how it miscarries justice almost constantly. And we're not interested in that. We don't think it has a future in a functioning society.
1: Emma, are all laws illegal? Yeah, well,
0: for the most part... A lot of laws are super oppressive.
1: Has there been any law in your life that has helped you out? or That you'd point out and say, this is fair.
0: And so what we need instead of laws is radical accountability. And in a strong community, uh, you have radical accountability. And when it comes to, you know, people making mistakes or whatever, the people impacted by that person's mistake are the ones who should have the say-so on what happens to that person, not some out-of-touch judge or some out-of-touch jurors that are being uh, controlled by fear. Um, Where do you
1: think you're misunderstood?
0: Oh, there's a huge push. There's propaganda against it because they know that people want to naturally live in harmony, especially since this country is the one that is perpetrating violence to the rest of the planet. You know, pretty much, you know, America is the modern-day Nazi. Not even pretty much. America is the
2: modern-day Nazi. Like Hitler praised the eugenics policies here in the United States in the 1930s. What is the Eugenics, eugenics yeah. is a science that believes that the human race can be purified by forced sterilizations and mainly forced sterilizations really and just controlling who breeds and who doesn't. We're talking about all rich people. We're talking about the very top of society, the people that control our media, the people that control what we eat, the people that control what we see. These people have it in their interest to convince us that we need them to live when we don't.
1: This Justin, you are looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center.
3: I just
0: witnessed a plane that appeared to be cruising uh, slightly lower than normal at altitude over New York City, and it appears to have crashed into, uh, I don't know which tower it is, but it hit directly in the middle of... Uh, one of the World Trade Center towers. The plane just uh, was f- was uh, coming in low, and the t- wingtips tilted back and forth, and then it, it flattened
4: out. It looks like it uh, hit at a slight angle into the World Trade Center. I can see, I can see flames now coming out the side of the building, and smoke continues to billow.
1: Unfortunate incidents, and in that clip is courtesy of CNN. Basically, talking about the 9/11 terrorist attack. Our thoughts and prayers are with those who lost their lives and those who got injured. My question to you guys is, do you want to say that the United States had no justification of going to the Middle East after this attack?
2: Even though most of the suspects yeah. that committed 9 11, according to the government's reports, were Saudi nationals, why did we invade Iraq and Afghanistan afterwards? Then? 14 of the 19 hijackers
1: are from Saudi Arabia. If
2: it was really yeah. about justice, why didn't we <laughs> pursue the Saudi Arabians?
1: Osama no, bin Laden was hiding in Afghanistan. Yeah.
2: That's true. That happened, I guess. But they guess let him go. Say but they the let US him go. The U.S.
1: favors Saudi Arabia. Yeah. yeah the U.S. definitely well, favors Saudi US Arabia. The U.S.
2: favors
0: greed, favors profit, you know? They'll support the most ruthless dictator. They'll become the most ruthless dictator on the planet and convince you that that's freedom.
2: As long as you don't get in the way of profit. Afghanistan, definitely the U.S. has capitalized on taking control of the opium market there, and then also as now a base for drones and other airplanes in that region.
1: Why should opiate be legal in the United States and the U.S. is going for the same illegal substance? The
2: U.S. has a long, long history of using illegal drugs that it is fighting to fund its clandestine missions in the world. The CIA has sold crack before in poor black neighborhoods to make money to give it to the contras. This is not a conspiracy. This happened. This is fact. So what does Afghanistan have? Uh, a ton of opium, a ton of also, a ton of oil and it's strategically placed to, to Russia, the to the rest of the Middle East. Honestly, everything we do in the Middle East is a chess game we're playing with Russia. Just to be more strategically placed for the next world war.
1: Do you guys support a, an American invasion in Iran? No. Hell no. No.
2: Nope.
3: Hell Why, no. Why, Bancho,
1: you've been quiet. Why?
3: Well, I'm, I'm anti war too, so like, uh, we're going out there for no reason, for greed, for just to
1: more genocide. Venezuela.
3: Venezuela, I mean. this, uh, that's the same thing for oil.
2: Their oil reserves are twice as
0: much as Saudi Arabia. Venezuela's oil reserves is twice as much as Saudi Arabia.
2: And anytime we pretend we care about human rights abuses there, it's just so we can have access to their resources. How many other countries are there that we're allied with that are committing worse atrocities and we don't say anything on it?
1: Do you think there is human rights here in the United States?
2: Hell no. <laughs> yeah. Not on the level that they pretend there is border wall that's just a racist symbol already
3: saying we want a wall we want to build a wall we we'll, we'll, we'll bring all this millions of dollars we'll put mi- billions of dollars into this while people in Flint Michigan don't have water while uh, a lot a lot of these issues so it, it is racist.
1: And Joe Emilio and Emma, I would like to ask you guys, what's wrong with the democratic system of government or republican system of government for that matter?
2: Um, I'd say the biggest problem is the fact that it calls itself a democracy when it's not. We live under an electoral college. So that means that a lot of people in a lot of different states have inherent, like, way more power than people in certain states. I don't even know how to, I guess, explain it, but it's possible in our country for someone to win the presidency without winning the popular vote. How is that democracy?
0: I like a good definition of fascism being straight from Mussolini, you know, the founder of the fascist party. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Straight from his mouth. Fascism is corporatism. Now, if you don't think America is a corporatist kind of economy or society, then you ain't paying attention for your lifetime. America is fascist, has been fascist. And I'll take it a step further. Obama was also a fascist. Obama was also a white supremacist. Why do you say that? Because he was bombing African countries with drones. He could be considered more white supremacist than Trump, because at least with Trump, you know what it really is. With Obama, you think that you got somebody on your team. He talked about change. He's going to shut down Guantanamo. He's going to stop the wars. He's going to get free health care. didn't do none of that.
2: Yeah. Under Obama, a U.S. citizen for the first time in history was killed without a trial in another country. No one talks about that, though, because he was a Democrat, not a Republican.
3: Yeah, and what's considered Democrat in the United States is still uh, conservative. It's it's very right-wing,
0: you know. Two uh, two right-wing parties in America, you know, you— that's Who no
3: choice. That's a, no choice. That's not
0: no a democracy. Choice.
1: Who would be your ideal candidate here in the United States? Yourselves? No. 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 No
3: candidate. No candidate. The vote is what shows you
0: what needs to be done. So everybody makes a vote, and then that becomes the path. Uh, so you don't need to vote somebody in to tell you the path. You make a vote, your vote becomes the path.
1: How will you have cabinet secretaries? How will you have... We won. All of them Why are going to trial. All of them are
0: going to trial. So, we, you know, I mean, every politician at <laughs> yeah. this point, it yeah. needs to be tried. So you think Bernie Sanders is going to be the best dude? I heard Bernie Sanders talking at a local college not too long ago, talking about, we can't let Iran get the nuclear bomb. So he was pumping up Iran issues before Trump was even in president. So what do you want? You want Bernie Sanders, your hero to all of a sudden become the face of the fascist Nazi, modern-day Nazi change. party?
1: People change.
0: Well, that's like talking about reforming the Nazi party. You think we could have just got a different person besides Hitler and things would have changed? I,
1: I see people believing in Bernie Sanders. They're like, that's the epitome of who we want to be there. They would be so shocked to hear you guys talk the way you're talking yeah. right
2: now. Yeah, they would, because a lot of people assume that, you know, here on the left, we all support Bernie Sanders and that he has the support of anarchists, but he does not. He's still part of the same system we're trying to dismantle.
1: Trump used to be a Democrat. People change. To us, I mean, Democrats
2: and Republicans are the same thing. Inherently, as far as foreign policy goes and the average life of us is the same. It's the same under a Democrat or a Republican. It's just an illusion of change to make us more passive and just think, oh, it's okay. Next election, we'll just elect a Democrat and it'll be okay, and he'll fix everything. But the same things keep happening.
1: Bombs keep falling. Do you guys think your beliefs is popular among fellow Americans? I
0: think deep down inside that a lot of people feel and and know these truths. I don't think people have a way to communicate about it because they don't, they haven't even been presented these ideas. They don't even have a single clue. They think that all truth comes from a two-party dictatorship and the illusion of choices.
1: Who are some of these people that you'd say inspire you in your cause? Uh, Definitely
2: a... The namesake i'm using today is uh for emilio zapata and the way and i guess the reason he inspires me was yeah. just uh in uh, the early 1900s he led an agricultural revolution in southern mexico yeah where he believed that the land should belong to the people working it he was completely anti-authoritarian and anti-government and i feel like that's a shining example that we need to follow today i'm inspired by everything as far
0: as just breathing fresh air uh, you know getting sunshine um a, a little girl in palestine who slapped the israeli soldier
3: so what inspires me is the struggle the yeah. everyday struggle that we live the workers live it, it's hard and uh for the little kids you know a better world has to be possible
1: you talked about americans being anarchists in one way or another there's a gentleman by the name carl hayes will actually agree with you he was an American speech writer and author, also political philosopher and libertarian activist. Here's what he had to say on Americans and anarchism.
4: I think, as a matter of fact, just in the, uh, the romantic view of the
0: American character,
2: there's a, an anarchist tendency.
1: So what would be your ideal America? What would be your ideal world? Yeah, no
3: borders, no hierarchies. You know, uh, we all respect the way of the mother earth and we all live in harmony and peace. Free
0: everything for all humanity. Free everything for all humanity. I mean, the universe provides, the, 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 the planet provides everything for free. It's our birthright.
1: So there should be no role as far as money is concerned. How will you guys survive?
2: Those resources exist, whether or not the money does. So they could still be redistributed. They could still be made. I mean, last time I checked, CEOs don't grow food. CEOs don't make medicine,
1: CEOs don't make the things we use, but regular people do. Realistically, really, I mean, you know.
0: Yeah, that that's why, f- first and foremost, you need to completely destroy and abolish the system in front of you before you can move forward into the new place you want to be. You know, that being said, I get it, we're, we're, we're caught up, we don't get a chance to think of solutions all the time. Yeah. We don't. Why? Because we're sitting here focused on, on the battle in front of us. We got this POS, uh, you know, uh, not worth mentioning his name, um, you know. That's emboldening all these racist uh, realities in this country. So, no for, first step is taking uh, radical accountability to for all the people that done effed up the planet.
1: What, what sort of you know activities are you guys doing to you know get rid of those radical ideologies and practices?
0: It starts. By, it starts by actually having a conversation. So when you go home and you have you having dinner with your family, or you going to some holiday um, stuff at some point you got to stand up. This this is really where it all starts. It starts yeah. by standing up. Okay, they can no longer Oh, the game is over once you stand up. So it starts by actually speaking up to the people yeah. that don't want to hear it, your family.
1: And you guys get involved in different activities, helping out, feeding the homeless and stuff like that. Right? Oh yes.
3: We're we we do Food Not Bombs there's chapters all around the world, Food Not Bombs. And so we try to organize with the most vulnerable people and try to go out into the community. We can't be mad at people for not knowing this. We got to be out there in the community, educating, agitating, organizing.
0: Yeah, but much more than that. I mean, it's like we don't, we're not limited. Any, any sort of real grassroots movement that just all of a sudden springs up, we're there on the front, front lines trying to make sure that they're not getting co-opted by a state that is doing everything they can to subvert and, and uh, you know uh, set up and uh, sabotage. The, the state has a budget to sabotage our movements. Okay, so we show up to those movements to make sure that everyone might be safe a little bit, and that they might not be falling trapped to these, uh, tr- you know, these setups. Um, you know, th- so we're we're in tune with Black Lives Matter. We're in tune with American Indian movement. We're in tune with you know n- name name all the radicals that are that are oppressed. Uh, you know, resisting this oppression.
1: Is there anything that you guys probably wanted to say that we haven't touched on as we finish, that you'd like to add or anything like that?
3: Yeah, I think uh, another thing about anarchism is that it it it's a revolutionary solution to the current systems and oppre- oppression systems that are happening. So it's it's a way out. It's a way to. Uh, uh, keep the powers in check yeah
0: i just want to say the struggle is still happening you know uh rebellion is still happening people so the the level of brainwashing is so deep that people in america think that freedom isn't free that's what they've been brainwashed into believing and i'm saying that if freedom isn't free then it's really not freedom so no know this the struggle is still happening people are still literally being a thousand people are being killed every year by the police in america Okay. Uh, anti-fascists didn't do that. Um, uh, Taliban didn't do that. You know, uh, ISIS didn't do that. <laughs> Russia didn't do that. It was American police that did that. It was America. Uh, just remember, reminiscent of, you know, one quote by Malcolm X, where you talking about having a knife in my back, six inches and pulling it out an inch or two inches. That's not progress. Having a knife in my back, pulling it out all the way. That's not progress. You know, you have to start doing something to heal and we're talking about radical accountability ain't ain't nothing going to start changing until we hold the people who done did this to the whole planet accountable
2: i guess just with anarchism you know just to close on this man um it's the idea really that you can trust your neighbor more than you can trust your government and we don't think that that's that crazy hopefully neither do you get get involved you know get involved
1: Emma you talked about a Malcolm X quote and was deeply touched by the quote to the extent that I was inspired to deep into the archives and fish out the real quote from Malcolm X. Here's the quote.
4: I will never say that progress is being made. If you stick a knife in my back nine inches and pull it out six inches, there's no progress. You pull it all the way out, that's not progress. The progress is healing the wound that's blow that's a blow made and they haven't even begun to pull a knife on much less try and pull, uh, heal the wound. You have you have they
3: the won't even admit
1: the knife
3: is there. <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to all oppressed people all over the continents, Africa, South America, Asia, Australia, all oppressed people. We stand in solidarity with are y'all
2: no definitely uh sorry not everyone in america is an idiot we do stand in solidarity with you in africa all oppressed people yeah we
0: everybody in africa we love you stay strong and know that uh
2: people care about you
1: even uh, right here in america
2: keep fighting the good fight
1: and so thank you so much guys i've really enjoyed having this conversation with you guys Right here on Discover America with Prince Nesta. It's It's been a pleasure, man. Much love. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Much (laughs) respect. All right, man. Oh, my goodness. That's it, folks. Hope you learned something as far as anarchism is concerned. If you'd like to share your views and opinions, you can hit me up on Facebook. That's Prince Nesta. On Twitter, that's at Prince Nesta. And on Instagram, at Prince Nesta Radio. I'd like to thank you for taking your precious time listening to this podcast episode. And I'd also like to extend my gratitude to our executive producer, Nico Colombant. Thank you so much for all your help. Stay tuned for more episodes right here on Discover America with Prince Nesta. Take care for me till you meet again, alright? Bye.